we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. I would suggest one of the most burning questions I've heard so many countless times is uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, will, uh, he, will, will there be a price to pay uh, for what many uh, would refer to as uh, crimes uh, against humanity? And it's, it's been a burning question a lot of people are asking. Accountability we're talking about here. Uh, there is a select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic uh, that has just been meeting this week here. Uh, it's a good place to start, uh, my fellow Americans. Welcome into the broadcast, uh, America Out Loud Pulse. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. All right, so we are back at it here for Q&A 97 as well today, by the way. We've got some great questions we'll get to and all of that. But let's start right in the center of this a select subcommittee. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been uh, spearheading some of this. Um, a little bit, and uh, the chairman uh, is Wenstrop, right? The coronavirus the select subcommittee, coronavirus pandemic chairman is Wenstrop. Uh, interesting so far what's coming out of this. Uh, and I've seen the collect, uh, COVID select uh, um, committee put out a tweet. Uh, Dr. McCullough says, we'll ask Dr. Fauci about a suppression of the lab leak theory, his public narratives, promoting mandates, well, his public positions on lockdowns and more. I've seen a lot of different excerpts on it, but a lot of this has been hush-hush too. What's the big, uh, what's the big takeaway so far, do you think? Well, the first observation is exactly that. It was un- it was a closed uh, meeting. It was actually a closed uh, set of questioning, seven hours each, two days. Uh, Fauci shows up with, looks like, two handlers and um, uh, young people. Those, those and, are his mob, mob, mob bosses, by the way. Those are his mob bosses. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, as many of the listeners know, I, you know, I've testified in the Senate multiple times. I'm about to testify in, in, this, in the House, just like Fauci just did. And I don't have handlers. They just show up and, you know, be ready to give prepared statements and answer questions. That's just kind of Washington business. Um, so, uh, what the comment that I thought that came out of this, and we're going to hear a lot more, it's 14 hours of testimony, is by Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was asked by a reporter, and she said, listen, Fauci essentially said that these biolabs doing this research, making these enhanced infectious organisms, the whole reason of doing that is to make vaccines that this is really the purpose of the man-made virus is to make the vaccine. And that's what many people have thought of the whole time, that, that COVID, as we know it, was really all about the vaccine. And what Taylor Green says is, listen, you know, th- this is this is not a, a, a kid's science experiment here. This got the whole world sick. And she was very angry and said, listen, you got the whole world sick from this. This is not just some fun science experiment. And, and uh, you know, she basically told a reporter afterwards she thinks Fauci should be in jail. Yeah, her quote exactly was, I think I can speak for many Americans when I say Dr. Fauci belongs in jail, were her words exactly. Let me ask you something here. 
when he references, you know, I'm trying to think about the mindset of like a like a Anthony Fauci would have in this setting. And when he's when he references, well, the whole purpose of these things in the biolabs is to make vaccines. Can I assume or would or is this a stretch to think that what he's really referring to? And I don't know if he made this clear, because, as you say, it's all behind closed doors. It's all hush hush. Do you think he's kind of referring to the fact that, well, we're trying to have them ready in case something and I've heard this reference before in case something else happens or like, you know, we want to be available for the next big thing, whatever it might be. And so we do these sort of experimental things. And that's the whole idea of these supposed biolabs. Is that what I understand? It's true that the goal would be, well, if somebody could, you know, mastermind this and anticipate every single threat, we could have a vaccine on the shelf for every single threat. That's very desirable if you're trying to sell an idea to the (laughs) National Institutes of Health or the Department of Defense, uh, uh, NGO the EcoHealth Alliance, that's what they're all about. They kept saying, listen, there's, you know, we could be infected with uh, so many different back coronaviruses. We should research them all and actually make vaccines against them. You know, th- this type of thing is, this type of concept is so profitable for this right. biopharmaceutical. Well, I was going to say, or mingle and make money for big pharma. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be one of the other objectives. Or maybe we should also plan for how many asteroids are going to hit us in the next six months, uh, Dr. McCullough. What do you think? Maybe, I mean, you know, we can keep You can imagine, right? what if you were in the asteroid defense business? You would be out there, right. you know, trying to figure out what asteroids are going to hit. Uh, you know, it can go on and on and on. Uh, you know, this is the type of, you know, cybersecurity is another thing. Well, you could be attacked this way and that way. Um, The reality is we're far more likely to be attacked by another man-made virus that gets out of the lab as opposed to this, uh, you know, on FOSS uh, benevolent uh, approach to protect, protect humanity. This is not protecting humanity. This is actually risking humanity. And, uh, you know, I have have really gone along with others that have said, listen, we need to ban all this gain-of-function research. We need to shut down all these biological labs. They're a threat to mankind. Yeah. You just said it a moment ago, the threat to us. uh, You you hit it head on, uh, Peter. Really, you did. And... uh, and it's a sinking feeling I've had for quite some time, actually, after this first go round. You ask yourself, like, well, what could what else could possibly go wrong? When I started to discover, because myself, like millions of Americans and probably yourself as well, never really focused on these bio labs. It wasn't like the first thing we were concerned with or thought about. And when I discovered uh, how many hands of our governments is in the the biolab cookie jars, all of, and, if, and I came about it more so in the political sense because of Ukraine, the threats from a lot of our military experts were telling me that. And then I realized, my golly, we've got them all over the all over the world, and we got them in our country as well. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to admit it. But this whole exercise we just went through with uh, SARS-CoV-2 and what happened in that lab is the crux of this whole story. You're exactly right. And like you say, what, what do we always say, Dr. Well, you know, we'd be better to do nothing. We would have been better not to have done any of the crazy stuff they did at the beginning of this pandemic. We'd be better off if we didn't go looking for this crap. 
uh, in these bio labs all over the place and, you know, play really some version of Russian roulette, I guess. Uh, it's pretty sick, but it's only a matter of time. You got to figure this been what? It was a hundred years before the one before this. I mean, and if they didn't go dingling with something they shouldn't have messed with here, we probably could have gone another hundred or 200 yeah. years without a problem. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's it. It wasn't a natural, it wasn't a natural virus. Right. And so this idea that um, that whole trying to fake us out and said it came from nature, that's really the great deception. Which the bat and the soup. Remember, the bat and the soup is what they right. said. So that was his great deception. He was actually part of this human creation of SARS-CoV-2. And I'm hoping that one strip has gotten closer. I've messaged them a million times to be right on the papers by Ralph Barrick, uh, Vineet Minichary, the um, EcoHealth Alliance, uh, Fauci's group, NIAID, uh, you know, signs off and approves uh, the design of all these. Dr. Xingling Li, the bat lady in Wuhan, China, they're all over these two papers, 2015 and 2016, where they announced they created prototypical SARS-CoV-2. It's not a mystery. At this point in time, it's not a mystery. It's it's, it's in these peer-reviewed publications. It's, this has been in print now for seven or eight years. Um, and then Fauci comes out today and says, well, yeah, the purpose of doing this is to make vaccines. Now we know Moderna, you know, had their catcher's mitt out and, you know, had patents uh, cooking years before the, uh, the the COVID pandemic occurs, that uh, Barrick has material transfer agreement with Moderna early on. What, what are they transferring? Probably the code for SARS-CoV-2. Now, in the Menachery and uh, Barrick papers, where they call it a, a SARS-like Wuhan Institute of Virology 1 virus. Essentially, it's SARS-CoV-2. When research is done like this, the genetic code of what's discovered using public funds must go into a, a genetic databank so everybody can look at the code. The Ralph Barrick papers, they never submitted the code to the database to this day from those two papers. And people ask Barrick, said, listen, why haven't you released the code? He goes, well, we, we discussed this with the National Institutes of Health, i.e. Fauci and Collins, and uh, we agree the best thing to do is not release the code. Well, the reason why they didn't release the code, Malcolm, is I bet it matches perfectly with the Wuhan SARS-CoV-2 virus that got us all sick. And uh, so everything goes back to these papers. Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping that Wenstrup finally brought up the Barrick papers and questioned Fauci directly. On it. Until somebody does this, we won't get to the bottom of it. Well, and the American people, uh, we the people need to demand that our um, elected leaders um, that work for the people uh, need to demand they get to the bottom of the bio lab, uh, really, uh, program uh, that are all over the world because uh, these things are dangerous. And we, we knew this with everything that had transpired through COVID. I mean, and, and until we get our leaders to step up, you know, it's one thing. And, and here we are, we, we consider ourselves the good people, uh, Peter, you know, in our country, our politicians, our leaders. And but, you know, what even worries me, and I started thinking about this a lot when this thing came up, is that, you know, a lot of these bad cast of characters, well, I mean, it scares the hell out of me, this stuff. There's bad cast of characters all over the world. Uh, this evil that permeates uh, the landscape. I mean, you know, they're trying like hell to get a hold of these things. Now, imagine they hijack some of these bio labs, uh, get in there. I mean, what would it take for that to happen? I mean, come on now, to get in there 
and do we almost, harm and get that yeah, stuff and release it, yeah, right? Yeah, we almost had one in Khartoum over in Africa where there was some fighting around it. I guess the, the bad guys never really got control of the the specimens. Now, a lot of times these militants that would get into a biolab, they wouldn't know how to handle everything and and, and the, the, the the bugs would, would die, basically. But if it, you know, let's say some some real bad guys, you can envision a kind of a James Bond movie. They bring in a mad scientist and they know how to manage this. They could try. They could actually, in a sense, harness the next biological threat. Now, I want to point out to our audience in the United States that uh, since 2012, we have had a ban on federal funding for gain-of-function research. But gain-of-function research, that is to make a virus or a bacteria or a fungus more infectious and more lethal, that is to do something bad, uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, risks to mankind, gain-of-function, that gain-of-function research is not banned outright. So if somebody has funds from the Gates Foundation and they're at an American university or anywhere in the world, they can do this research. They can take U.S. dollars and go to China which is what happened in Wuhan, and still do the gain-of-function research. If the line of research started before 2012, which is what Ralph Barrick uh, and I'm sure Fauci claim, they actually say it's grandfathered in. So they can still do gain-of-function research well, and still have the U.S. government pay I for heard it. reports they're doing it in Ukraine in those biolabs. They're doing it in other countries uh, in those biolabs. So clearly it's happening. You know? Right. So people have asked me, Dr. McCullough, what can we do now or our leaders yeah. do now? I say do an inventory yeah. of all the gain-of-function research biolabs that we have in the country. We need a uh, an executive report of what's going on, who's paying for it. Um, I think better yet, uh, we either need very, very strong uh, regulation of them or we need to shut it down and say, listen, it's just the, the whole world got sick. This whole thing's been a bust. We, we can't risk it anymore. It's just science for the sake of science or science for the sake of of biodefense, uh, it's not worth it. No, it's not. No, it's not. The uh, select subcommittee, uh, Wenstrop, he said this. Listen to these words he uses here and opine on these. He says, Dr. Fauci's testimony uh, today uncovered drastic and systemic failures in America's public health systems. While leading the nation's COVID-19 response and influence in public narratives, he simultaneously had no idea what was happening under his own jurisdiction at NIAD. Um, he said, Dr. Fauci signed off on all domestic and foreign research grants without reviewing the proposals and admitted that he was unaware of NIAD conducted oversight of the laboratories they fund. I mean, clearly the American people in the United States government, he wraps up and says, are operating with completely different expectations with the responsibilities of our public health leaders and the accountability of public health agencies. Isn't that remarkable what he puts out there? Listen to those words, you know. You know, to me, that seems like inadequate prep, if that's really the interpretation. Fauci should have met with his teams and anticipated the questions. Sure, NIAID's a, a, a big division, but it's not the biggest division. I used to do a ton of work with NIDDK and NHLBI. Those are very big divisions, the NIH. And, and the director can't read every single grant, mm -hmm. but he certainly has assistant directors and other people that are delegated. And, you know, a reasonable question is say, listen, I have administrative oversight, but these grants are, you know, organized into sections and then ultimately reviewed and approved and uh, by these individuals. 
But if that's the talking point, that's to me, that's just bad. Well, he wraps up with this. Listen to this this uh, here, He's, uh, this phrase. He says, it is also concerning that the face of our nation's response to the world's worst public health crisis does not recall key details about COVID-19 origins and pandemic era policies. Nearly 1.2 million Americans lost their lives to a potentially preventable pandemic. Closed quotes. That's a striking statement, isn't it? That is. And that's actually way worse because basically now he's into this. I can't recall. Yeah, I can't recall. And, you know, as the questions get tighter and tighter, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think Fauci is nearly as skilled as what people think. Hmm. Um, well, when you're a snake in the grass, you never can recall. Actually, none of them can. I've seen that uh, play out many, many times in these hearings. I can't recall. I can't recall. I seen, in fact, I seen President Bill Clinton do that when they were try, trying to him up there with uh, with all those scandals. I can't recall, Your Honor. I can't recall. It's a pretty common phrase in Washington, but by well, golly, well, you know, Clinton's got some new things to either recall or not recall coming up. That's, I'm sure that's going to be a topic of other shows on the platform, Malcolm. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. A uh, lot more coming up there. And I got to let's bring let's break this information. So you're going to be testifying at the end of the week. You're joining Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, you, Dr. Ryan Cole, will be as well. Uh, right. Dr. Kirk uh, Milholm, Milholm uh, will be there as well. Uh, right. On, in the hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Tell this is going to be an important panel. You know, the House so far has not actually heard from expert doctors who have published on COVID-19, have seen examined patients dealt with vaccine injuries. Now they've had various kind of public health media doctors in, in academia talking about lockdowns or, or, or other problems, but they, they just haven't gotten to the real meat of what America wants to know. So, I mean, one of my comments is they're about four years late in bringing me in. Uh, they're three and a half years after I, I testified in, in the Senate. And, you know, I'm going to cover adult cardiology. Kirk Milhone is going to, he's going to cover the pediatric cardiology and the pediatric problems. And then Ryan Cole is going to discuss the pathological findings. So this will probably be the most substantial session the House has had on COVID-19 and vaccine injuries. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, you know, it'll be much more informative than the last two days of Fauci. And this is a live stream now. This will be, uh, I understand, on well, it's on January 12th, first of all, Friday. And it live streams at noontime, Eastern time. And we'll go on what probably a good part of that afternoon, Dr. McCullough, huh? That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a, a very interesting segment. A lot will come out of it. You're going to be pretty juiced on it, aren't you? You know, I've got to get there. I've got to finish my patients on Thursday, get there and get my thoughts together, my prepared remarks and and get ready. A lot of people don't realize you go to Washington, Malcolm, yeah. this is not a picnic. You, you you pay for all your own travel, make your own arrangements. They just tell you a building and when to show up. It's a joke. It's a joke. That's just, that just adds to it. You mean they want you to be there, but they don't like treat you like in a, they don't give you the royalty treatment, do they? The invited guest treatment, huh? No red carpet, huh? Nothing. No. I mean, basically, it's, it, 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 it is true public service. Yeah. So, well, Dr. McCullough, all this stuff you're doing in 
various governments. I said, it is really a service to my country, a completely... Well, it is. Un- and and, and yeah. you're always available for these things. I mean, that's why when Marshall Taylor Green sees you, you're, you're, come on, you're one of the most incredibly well-spoken um, individuals uh, in in every regard on these topics. I mean, we've seen you and we, you know, these last few you did have been tremendous. They were knocked out of the park. So when these people see you, they think, who do they think of right away? They think, well, we've got to get Dr. McCullough in here because you bring a sense of credibility and authenticity that it's hard to deliver, frankly, Peter. Not everybody can do that. You know, you like you just said, you have to be on your game. And you it, have to it be takes there. time. I mean, to be honest, though, even with her staffer, it took three months to schedule because it's just busy schedules. Right, and, of course. Um, people have to understand that that's, you know, that's part of it. But the, the public testimony is very important. This is a time to get things on the record. We have what's called the National Archives. Every word I've said in the U.S. Senate uh, is recorded permanently in history. I think it's very important to do, to, to do these podcasts and do yeah. the write-ups yeah. because this is a historical record of what, our view was at the time, and uh, what are the implications? And, and, and it's, I think it's very important. We're in some type of inflection point in human history. We've sensed it coming on for the last few years. It's intensifying. And uh, I think all the efforts of all the contributors on the platform and all the efforts and questions from our listeners are working to shape history. Yeah, that's well said, uh, Dr. McCullough. That is perfectly said. Yeah, and we're we're on number ninety-seven today. We got some great questions. We're going to dive into in moments here, but uh, that is well said. It it is it, you know it's hard work, as you say just a moment ago here. But there's also uh, uh, for me, anyways, and I think for you as well. There's a sense of honor with this. There, there's a sense of honorability, isn't there? We, I mean, we're delivering something into the game of life here again as a service to mankind to humanity to our nation and i get that sense you you do as well i do you know it, for me the, to, to try to you know testify at the it, the u.s senate i had testified there in 2007 in the congressional oversight panel for the fda yeah. um or uh, uh you know european parliament or australian parliament you know that's a contribution i can do at my level do you know that so many people I met uh, that I've met out at these freedom conferences, they put on a freedom conference. They'll spend their last dollar renting a venue, getting getting all the arrangements. And I'll say, why are you going through all this? They said, you know, I want to be able to say in the end, I did everything I could. I asked people who show up there, why do you show up? They said, I want to be able to do everything that I could. I knew we were at a time of crisis. So I really want to encourage our listeners to do everything they can, and at the end of the day, be able to look back at this time in history and say, you know what, I was there. I was there, and I made a contribution. Yeah, yeah. That was perfectly said, yeah. Uh, As you um, talk about that a little bit, let me also tell uh, folks a little bit, as we're into a whole new year here, 2024, and we've been prepping for it at America Out Loud, AmericaOutloud.news, uh, the main uh, platform website. Uh, it, it, this was an opportunity at the end of the year to really raise the bar. We recognized it last September uh, that we needed to get busy to really, because we knew 2024 was going to be a breakthrough year in all regards for a lot of reasons. And uh, it's going to be a very news-driven year. And we just felt we needed to be on our game totally. So with that said, we bring in, We bought a new national writers, um, great, great writers. We bought in new speakers, uh, hosts, other things. 
and really have ramped up from the ground up there. Now, as an example, um, right now on the front page, I want to share with you just a couple of fast things here, just to give you a perspective. As you were just talking about the Q&As, Dr. McCullough, all right. Site-wide now, when you go to any show, uh, you can send a question into any host, and we do these Q&As. We do them on a lot of shows now. They're very well uh, duly noted. Uh, people love them. They send the question. We get tons of emails in here, uh, and uh, we consider it an honor to be here uh, for you to answer these things, frankly. And our team all over the place, they love it. They love being part of this. So anyways, every show you go to, there's a way you can – there's a right there, you'll see it. A uh, question you can send in. Just go to the menu, go to shows, you'll see a full, or, or down even on the front page, you'll see all your shows, like you go to the McCullough Report, uh, down on the front page, just go down the page a little bit, and you'll see all the uh, beautiful images there of the shows. We've never showed them like this, uh, and we'll be expanding more of them in the days ahead here, but you click on the McCullough Report, as I'm doing right this moment, in fact. And you can send a question right in the, or click on America Out Loud Pulse, what you're listening to here, of course. And send the questions now. Of course, we'll do the questions on Pulse for both of these. But if you go there, it says jump into the conversation, send your questions to the host or hosts. And just you can you, you only have to use your first name. You don't have to use your last name. Just says name, email address, submit your questions here. We don't ever use last names on here ever, ever. So you never have to worry about that, friends. Uh, but that's uh, just to protect people's privacy, you know. Uh, but some of the shows right now, I'll give you an example. Tom Renz has a brilliant article up there. He worked hard on this one. I don't know if you've seen it, Dr. McCullough. It just went, you probably didn't see it yet because it just went live a little bit. Masqueraded as vaccines with the ability to shed, to shed cause cancer and kill. Uh, here are the receipts and proof. And he does a, a case in point, litany uh, checkpoint all the way down of all the um, points that he has in this story and connecting the dot, did a lot, a lot of dot connecting in that piece. Uh, Tom worked pretty hard on that. In fact, I talked to him today early and complimented him on the work he did with that piece. I want to get him on the broadcast on, on the weekend and talk about it. Uh, Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan have a piece up there, an article up there. This is another one I'm going to be highlighting on the broadcast. The DOD ran warp speed from its inception, sidelining the FDA and drug companies. It's a, it's a great piece. And Dr. Peter Bregan worked hard on that one. And I thought he did a tremendous job. You know, it's amazing. If we could all be at that point of our lives, uh, Peter, and be in, in, in function the way I'm mean, Dr. Peter Bregan is one of the most brilliant people, really, that I've ever met. And, you know, to think he's in his senior years and so amazing, so alert and so to the point. I love talking to him, whether it's on air or off air. He's such a dear. And he's so brilliant. He's brilliant in every regard. We all should be so fortunate, don't you think? We should. And Breakins make tremendous contributions. And just the title of that piece, you know, should should really be provocative for everybody. The, the Department of Defense running things implies that the pharma companies are just a, are shields. They're not actually running the, the show. Uh, if the Department of Defense is running this, the FDA is irrelevant. The FDA would behave like they're irrelevant. And it explains a lot of the behavior right now. These vaccines are not consumer products. They're not uh, standard biopharmaceuticals that are bought and sold. They're, they're called military countermeasures. That's what we're up against. Yeah, yeah. I was on a call uh, just yesterday with uh, with Dr. Peter uh, Bregan and uh, Ginger Bregan and uh they were just so outraged on their discoveries on this piece, this article here, and talking about how much our military, 
the United States military was involved in this and they propagated this whole thing and they were outraged. And a lot of that's explained in that article, by the way, but I'm going to have them on the broadcast this week. Uh, they they definitely want to expose more of this, but you'll see other things there, like from Dean Dean Bowen, our um, our uh, 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 educator, uh, marvelous exposing critical race theory in kindergarten education. I mean, these are pieces where we're exposing, all, and then there's a lot of lifestyle things, like Nurse Jody O'Malley, who I just uh, just love, Jody O'Malley, man. Uh, she says, uh, 40 days of faith and wellness, unleashing your potential with life changing fast 40. And it's fasting for it's a fa it's a different kind of fasting program, but it's fasting for 40 days with a different element. And this nurse um, brings it to the uh, table. And anyways, it's a whole conversation they have on Nurses Out Loud. And that's just live on there. You'll also see uh, the McCullough Report just went to podcast. The biopharmaceutical complex wages war against respiratory Cynical virus is there. Um, you'll see uh, experts reveal the secrets to New Year resolutions and roadblocks from two women inspiring real life. I mean, look at the stories on here. Look at the podcast. Look at the you know, uh, Dr. Henry Ely. I got to mention, real medicine doesn't have side effects. <laughs> and yeah. he's he's oh yeah, he's always uh, pushing, and he's got it out there, man. He's got some good stuff. Um, border security. And the drug cartels, that's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. We have a lot of great military voices here as well that are just just amazing. Dr. Paul Alexander had a great conversation with him the other day on the phone. He was looking good. He said, Malcolm, I'm ready for this year, man. Let's bring it on. I'm here, whatever you need. I had such a heartfelt conversation I had with him. I like Paul a lot. He said, uh, and then his his podcast this week, Had we listen to this, and this is something Dr. Peter McCullough and I talk about all the time, and he, he has it as a headline on his show. Had we done nothing, nothing, we would have killed far fewer people than the pathogen. Um, how many times did we say that, uh, Peter, right up front? It's true. Uh, former President Trump said, Let, let's not make the cure worse than the disease. And that's exactly what happened. The, the cure, the collectively, the cure, the government response was worse than the disease itself. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So anyways, a lot of things there uh, on the platform. Help us share, the, get those stories out there, the podcast out there, the videos out there, and uh, just get people to the truth, the uh, the out loud truth, I always suggest. But we are proud of our family of experts. And uh, what a blessing that uh, uh, they uh, take the passion that Dr. McCullough was just uh, sharing with you as well, that we all take for this commitment. And I got, and actually in just a moment, some of the questions, some of the listeners highlighted that point, which I always appreciate people acknowledging some of that work. And we we, we are blessed though, uh, for sure. Listen, I want to mention to you uh, the uh, base spike uh, detoxification program that Dr. McCullough has off. Uh, and that those products are out there. In fact, they're featured right now. If you go to news on the front page, this week, we're featuring that Ultimate Spike Detox. It's right there uh, with the 25% off of the code out loud, the natokinase, the bromelain, the turmeric extract. See it right there. It's a big, big ad. You cannot miss it. Every week, we feature a product or one of our partners. This week, it's the wellness company, the Ultimate Spike. You can't miss it. It's, we decided to make that so you couldn't miss that. But that way, because a lot of people were saying before, where is that again? Uh, you know, and then there's a link to go to the whole shop. If you want to go to the shop, americaoutloud.shopping, check out all the great products. But that ultimate spike detox, uh, Peter, it's working. Dr. McCullough, take a moment and tell folks about this trio. Yeah, we continue to observe patients on the combination of natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day, bromelain 500 milligrams a day, and curcumin 
or a turmeric extract, 500 milligrams twice a day combined with piperine. Now, not everybody is improving, and it certainly does take a long time. But in general, on average, it's my direct observation that people are slowly improving. I have now uh, you know, had to increase doses in some people. I saw a patient with a very large blood clot that occurred after the COVID-19 vaccines and having COVID. And uh, we actually have slowly worked him out. Believe it or not, he's now taking 10,000 units twice a day of natokinase. Will it work? Now, is it working? Well, you know, the, the blood clot is getting smaller. He's pos he's on conventional blood thinners, slow. Uh, he's had no pulmonary, more pulmonary emboli. That's important. But, but that's well below the safety level of natokinase, which we believe is about 80,000 a day. So when you go on McCullough Protocol, base spike protein detoxification, uh, or follow the wellness company called the Ultimate Detox, remember the doses are low. And provided, you know, we, we you know, we're talking to doctors and carefully observing, we can advance the doses. Remember to take these in-between meals. I've had a couple of patients recently take them right with their meals, and they end up with diarrhea because the enzymes actually work on digesting what's in the food stream as opposed to getting into the, um, you know, getting into the, the, the body. So take these in between meals. We believe this is two peer reviewed publications that this is a reasonable proposal while we await high quality, large prospective randomized trials and guidelines. And we're so far away from that. There, there are I was going no, to say, when, when would that happen? Do you know? Any idea? Gosh, 20 years from now, Malcolm. There's oh nothing God. even registered in clinicaltrials.gov. Biden administration, HHS, has spent a billion dollars on this. No new drugs, no new protocols. And what I've said is that people, people have criticized this. They said, well, you don't have enough data. I said, well, this is the best we can do right now. We need to offer patients something. Well, the hell, did okay. they have any data when they were unleashed the vaccines on everybody? Well, that's a good point. And, and I've said, listen, uh, you know, this is a proposal. It's reasonably safe. Yeah. It's reasonably affordable. It's over the counter. Nobody has, you, you, you know, nobody has a lock on this. You can get them anywhere. Yeah. Let's give it a try. Right, right. Well, uh, two observations, please. Let me say, number one, uh, nothing in this world is 100%, uh, Dr. McCullough, nothing. Okay, nothing. Nothing's 100%. So when you said up front, well, you know, I mean, it's not going to work for everybody, but it's got to do this, this, and this, and we believe we're getting good results. Uh, right, nothing. There's nothing we can see or know out there in any regard that is 100. percent I mean, we're all different creatures, right? Everything that impacts our body isn't that a fair statement to say? You know, th that's a good point. So, for any given drug that we use, people say, "Well, what's the benefit?" Let's say a blood pressure lowering drug or cholesterol. It turns out the benefit is probably enjoyed in about 20 percent of recipients. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of how things work. No drug is 100 percent beneficial for everybody. It just doesn't work out that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, by the way, you remember I had my physical about a month ago. You and I talked about it in December. By the way, I spoke with my doc uh, yesterday. We communicated back. And I, I like this guy a lot. Uh, I like him because, I, I mean, I don't know him well, but uh, I'm able to text him. He would communicate with him, and he he knows what I do for a living, so he likes to listen to the programs. And I'm not going to use his name, but um, but he, but I got, got the results of the blood work. You were asking me on air that time, and yeah, and, and you know, I kind of and I showed my wife, who is far more advanced in some of this conversation than I am, because she works in the healthcare field. I don't. Uh, I just report on it here, naturally. Uh, but uh, she looked at it, she said, oh, no, you're looking good. You look good in the report. And there's one little thing I was looking at. And the doc says, oh, my God. He said, no, everything's good. Your blood work is terrific, Malcolm. We'll see you next year for your physical. I said, oh, see that, man? We did it, Peter. We did it. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Let me say something about blood work so people can understand. Um, the, all the blood work 
has normal reference ranges, you know, which are established by normative data over time. But because multiple things are measured, a typical blood test may measure 20 things. If you measure 20 things, just by statistical chance, one of them is going to be abnormal. So never expect to get completely normal labs. Because because these measurements have statistical error around them. Well, they, now that's what happened. Uh, my whole thing was green all the way down, green, green, green. And there's one area, and, they, and I don't know if you know how they do this at the, but many, uh, I don't know if they all do it this way actually, but it all flags green unless there's something, then it turns red, not yellow, but red. So like you're either okay or you're, <laughs> I guess that's the way yeah. they do it. I don't know. But there was one one little thing was red, and I said, what the hell is that? And it was a borderline nothing. And I got all uh, juiced up and alarmed by the whole thing. I was like, really? What? I don't like that. It's like a report card, Peter, coming mm -hmm. home with a report card. You know, it's like, I got all A's, mom, but you know, I kind of messed up over yeah. here, maybe, you know? It's like, so I, I looked at my wife and I said, Dee looked at it. She said, no. She said, you're fine. She said, this is nothing here. This is a borderline. You're fine. She said, you're good. And then the doc said that yeah, yes, yesterday it was. And I said, okay, terrific. But you're so right with what you say there. Uh, and, it, it, you know, but it, it, the blood work does tell us a lot, which you told me it, that. It you tells us a lot. But I, I, I want our listeners to understand, if you go out and get a, a, a multiplex testing panel, and there's 20 labs. Yeah. Expect one of them to be abnormal, at least because okay. of statistical error. And don't freak out about it. Just do exactly what you did with Malcolm and his wife. You have a conversation, but you don't get hyper fixated when there's one out of 20 and it just needs, uh, you know. In fact, he said to me, my wife said, he said to me at that point, uh, Peter, she said, uh, my God, she said, you know how many people I know who would love to have this report right here? She said, you know how many people that I know and see and understand would love to have your report? And that kind of put a little smile on my face anyway. He said that, okay, thank you, God. We're okay, man. All right. So let me say the other thing I have to say, I, I, I said there were two things. The other thing I have to say is, you know, I have to put it on record to say here, you know, I just, and this is to listeners now, I love, I absolutely love Dr. McCullough for, I mean, for a lot of reasons, uh, but I love Dr. McCullough. So I say that publicly. Why? Because, you know, I tell people this all the time, whether it's on here or off here, and off here, somebody says something, whatever. I say, one of the most authentic, trusting people. When you heard him addressed the ultimate spike detox and how we did up front, as long as I've known you, every time anything comes up, you always speak truth. You never compromise. We we sell nothing here. We don't. We can't give direct advice. We can talk about things that we think are proactive, things that will are advantageous. But you never. And all the time I've known you, you never compromise yourself, your ethics, your quality of person. Uh, and I tell people that also, and I don't, don't say that to embarrass you here, but I do think listeners need to hear that. And when you say that up front, I chuckled inside. I laughed. I said, there it is again. He always, uh, nothing is ever for sale with you. You put it out there. Well, and I respect that's that a good, Malcolm, that's a good point of, of instruction to our listeners when you're listening to various uh, people in the medical field, the biotechnology field, you know, always be suspicious when mm -hmm. someone says, uh, this drug is a miracle drug, uh, or this supplement is a, is, is a miracle supplement. It has no side effects. It works for everything. Mm -hmm. Listen, be suspicious. Nothing is a miracle. Nothing works for everything. <laughs> and nothing is free of side effects. Uh, if there are products that have real medicinal effects in the body, they're going to have side effects, 100%. Yeah. 
So, you know, this whole natural field is really taking off. There's a lot of interest in it, what have you, but there's also a lot of opportunity for misadventure with people making false claims. Yeah, amen. Well, it's it, that's great advice. And we always tell you here, do your own research, please. Never take from any of our hosts across the board or any anybody who's on here, whether it's a doctor, nurse, or just uh, somebody trying to give some information out there. Uh, always do your own research. That's why all of these sites that are on the links for the shop, there's research there and data there. You have to do your own legwork. We cannot be lazy when it comes to our own lives, friends. It's not the place to to uh, you know to to be cheap. Uh, don't cheat yourself out of this thing. Do your research. Check it out. Be some good stuff. I've been doing that a lot myself as well. Now, just before coming on here, and I got to get to pause here real fast here, but just before coming on, I took my heart and vascular uh, from Healthy Cell. I love that stuff. And you know, for the first time, I started taking them as you take them, Dr. McCullough, right out of the package. I used to always mix them with a little water, but I have to tell you, you always said from the beginning, oh my God, you just shoot that stuff in your mouth. It's like perfect that the micro gel, it's micro gel technology. And I always put mine with a little bit of water. I don't know why I did, but now I put it in the mouth and shoot it in. I mean, it, not only does it taste good, but it, you're kind of done with the drama immediately. It's like you get the impact yeah. of it because it's absorbed into your body immediately. So I did that just before coming on. I took the immune super boost and I took the heart and vascular. And I said, ah, Dr. McCullough was right. Just shoot it right in your mouth. You don't need the water, right? It's cool. Right? <laughs> it's true. And heart and, heart and vascular, you can do that before you exercise. So I was skiing the last two weeks and, uh, you know, you had sent me the heart and vascular. My wife brought it and it's perfect for that kind of boost during the day. Tastes really good. I think that's the reason why you actually just took it right out of the packet. Yeah. Uh, but heart and vascular is a winner. Uh, it's, it's, a big it's winner. something that's going to be, an, a, you know, a nice adjunct to everything else we do in cardiology. Yeah. And uh, it's one of these type of feel good products because it helps improve vascular function, uh, blood flow through the systemic vasculature and the pulmonary vasculature during exercise, uh, blood flow during sexual function. Um, so I think heart and vascular is going to be, you know, certainly a wonderful new product from uh, from our folks at, at Healthy Cell. Uh, but it's one I, I think that that the public is really going to enjoy. Uh, 25% off out loud code using code out loud. Everything in that shop is the code out loud, basically. And it will get you the, uh, the discounts that we've uh, negotiated there. And it does taste good. You actually finish it. And I actually felt like I wanted another one. It tastes that good. Yeah. Almost as good as ice cream. We'll take a pause right there. <laughs> and we'll talk to you just on the other side here on America Out Loud. Pulse. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. One of the biggest advances in nutraceuticals and supplements is Healthy Cell. And the Healthy Cell line is extensive. I typically focus on the microgel technology. Three major products here, Immune Super Boost, the Focus and Recall, and then the REM sleep supplement. Each one of these is complementary, and they can uh, have a role, I think, in the health of your life each and every day. I know they do in my case. Many of you know 
after COVID-19 twice, I spent almost the entire year in 2022 with the upper respiratory tract illness. Now, thankfully, and I've been diligent with the immune super boost in the morning, followed by focus and energy, and then in the evening time, the REM sleep supplement. The microgel technology works, and boy, does it work fast. So go to our website, America Out Loud Talk Radio, find the banner bar for Healthy Cell, click on it, and that'll take you to the site to get a discount on your purchase of all Healthy Cell products. So let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We're joining you back here. It, it kind of did taste good. I'm telling you, it did. Not, I don't know about ice cream. Maybe that's a stretch. But welcome back in here, friends, to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough. I want to jump into some Q&A right here now. Uh, this is 97, and this one's from Anne. She says, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough, thank you both for tirelessly caring for the world through your programming. A gift of the last four years has been the ability to access such courageous and knowledgeable professionals such as yourselves. I've owned a home nebulizer and recently bought a small portable one. If I felt a scratchy throat or some sniffles coming on, would it be a good idea to nebulize a saline solution? If so, what concentration of saline? Uh, She said she also recently bought some 0.9 saline ampules for nebulizing. Is that an ideal concentration? The answer is yes. Just uh, yes. 0.9% is considered normal saline. It could be a little bit more dilute than that. That's perfectly fine for nebulization. Uh, one can put a few drops of hydrogen peroxide in it. Uh, that's very well tolerated. Uh, that is antiviral. Uh, but, but that's a good way to go. The, the nebulizers work. Now, the drugs that we commonly use in the nebulizers are drugs that dilate the the airway passages in the lungs called bronchodilators. Most common one is albuterol. And then the second most common is steroids. And a common steroid that we nebulize is budesonide. Budesonide. Uh, but but that's a good approach given this proclivity of, of these pulmonary infections. There's, you know, this triple-demic I was asked to provide opinion on today for the press of 
influenza, respiratory syncytial virus, and, and COVID-19, well, it's certainly possible. It's rare you get two at once, uh, but we are seeing patients, and I had multiple yesterday, Malcolm, having upper respiratory tract infections. Yep. All right. Well, there you go, Anne. There you go. Uh, this next one's from Tina. And listen to this great comment from Tina. She says, Dear Dr. McCullough and Malcolm, thank you for this wonderful network and all the tireless work you do uh, to restore truth and justice in the world. God bless you, Tina, for noticing. Thank you. She said, I have a question about povidine iodine home-made nasal washes. I prepared them using one part of povidine iodine and 10 parts of purified water. I then transfer this mixture to the spray bottle. How long this mixture can stay fresh and effective before it gets spoiled or loses its potency, she's asking. Is it good for maybe one or two weeks or perhaps longer? A couple of comments. I think it's too strong. She may be using one of the earlier McCullough um, concentrations. We've looked at this now. Malcolm, we need very little. If it's one to 10, it's going to be way too strong. So I, I would further dilute that. Or you could just take a spray bottle, honestly, and fill it up with sterile water um, and put three drops, probably no more than five drops. That's another way to do it. And a pinch of salt. And I think that's probably at least good for a month, maybe six months. Okay. All right, Tina, there you go. Some people like to make the solution themselves. And if it works and not with what Dr. McCullough just shared with you, go for it. I remember early on in the pandemic, uh, Dr. McCullough did those photographs on his counter, and we still have that post, which gets read a lot. Uh, I, I think it's still the most uh, read in, uh, a post on the platform. Uh, it's under COVID resources. If you go to AmericaOutloud.shop under COVID resources, you'll get it right there, I promise you, uh, as well as a whole lot of other great resources there from Dr. McCullough and others. Uh, but just again, Mark Arlott does shop right at the top. So, but that is the most uh, uh, um, read, uh, clicked on, whatever, uh, post on the network is that one from the kitchen counter with the photograph of the Pope Don Iodine. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's amazing. And since then, of course, um, we, some people like to do that. It's great. If not, we have Clear, X L E A R, uh, which is made with the xylitol, and it's a tremendous product. And they have the, uh, the for the throat as well as the nasal hygiene. They have Spry, it's called, and that's available in pharmacies and drugstores and is absolutely fantastic. And we have a Cofix RX as well, which is made with the povidone iotine that is also very effective. And that's in the shop, AmericaOutloud.shop as well. You can get a discount there. So those are probably, probably a good time to tell everybody about those. Um, this next one from Kyle says, Happy New Year to you both. Uh, Dr. McCullough, in regards to these turbo cancers we are seeing, is it dose dependent? I took the original two and 21, but I'm still concerned about this. I saw recently an actor die from a brief battle with cancer, and I know the actors are mandated. Is the cancer risk higher within the time from the vaccine? Would you say the further away from the shot, the less likely it'll give you cancer? Good question. That's a very good question. Uh, no one knows. Uh, the current regulatory agencies, nowhere in the world will they actually admit to a cancer risk, although it's emerging. Cancer is rising, Malcolm, in every single cancer registry in the world. It's very frightening. Um, both de novo cancers, uh, recurrent cancers, people coming out of remission, progression of cancers, uh, a paper is fully published now in the peer-reviewed literature by Anguis and Bastillo uh, indicate there's kind of three ways the vaccines drive cancer. First, they in, 
impaired DNA repair. We're talking about the messenger RNA vaccines. Spike protein impairs tumor surveillance systems. And then lastly, contaminants or DNA process-related impurities may be actually cancer gene promoters. Uh, that, that's the substance of the letter that uh, Florida's Attorney General Joe Ladapo sent to the FDA, who's essentially blown off. So uh, the answer is, I think, yes, the vaccines are, are more and more data suggests they they could be causing cancer, promoting cancer. Uh, and that, yes, I think it probably is dose related. So, you know, one dose, not so bad. Uh, taking 10 shots could be a lot worse. Now, time is interesting because cancer is not immediate. So, it, you know, people say, well, you know, I didn't, nothing happened in the first year or two. Am I out of the woods? It's like, you know, I don't know. With cancer, typical time frame is about five years. So if patients get more than five years from taking a shot and are ostensibly fine and we've looked for cancer, we're, uh, you know, I think I'm going to kind of close my my chapter on risk there. Yeah. But the, the five years right now, it's kind of game on in terms of cancer risk. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a fantastic point because a lot of friends I know that have gone through it five years, you're right, is always the magic mark. It's, and then if you get it again, it's always a five-year chapter they use as a threshold to get by to say, okay, I'm sort of cancer-free kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, th this next one uh, from Robin, uh, should be a quick one here, says, Dr. McCullough mentioned a holistic cancer doctor in Houston. I cannot find the episode it was on. Can you please tell me who it is? Not that you could remember that, Dr. McCullough, but looking for someone for my dad who was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer after getting the COVID shot. Uh, any comments there for? You know, I don't have the name on the top of my head, but I can tell you most cancer centers now, believe it or not, they have a holistic medicine consultant or division. And down in Houston, of course, you have MD Anderson, the world's number one cancer research center. So uh, I would encourage the listener to give MD Anderson a call and say, listen, is there a naturopathic or holistic uh, consultant? Uh, the cancer centers are more open to this than what the public thinks. And I, I know my previous institution, they, they did. I actually met with them. They were wonderful people. Uh, I give them a try. People with terminal cancer, they, they want to finish with a sense, and their families do, Malcolm, that they've explored everything. That's right. And and people do. That's what I can see. That's the general sense of a lot of uh, emails, a lot of requests here. Uh, this uh, next one is uh, from uh, Jenny. Uh, regarding the triple med for the spike protein, can this be taken now as a preventive, even if we have not taken the jab? What do you think? The answer is yes. I mean, we're employing people who've had multiple episodes of COVID, but we know for natokinase, by its design and by the preclinical data, it should be preventive against COVID. So it's very hard for the COVID virus to survive with natokinase in the system. Okay, this next one's from Yuri. Interesting. Uh, says, Dr. McCullough, these cardiac arrests happen in two years post-jab are terrifying. What is the cause? Is it myocarditis or is it some cardiomyopathy? My follow-up question is, could uh, is could have a no cardiomyopathy be a proxy to uh, for no myocarditis? What we know is the myocarditis is clinically happening in 2.5% of people get the shot. And there's a wider penumbra of people with cardiovascular symptoms. And then the paper by Nakahara suggests all the hearts are abnormal by cardiac PET scanning. So 
We simply don't know this spectrum from myocarditis or heart inflammation to cardiomyopathy or dysfunctional heart cells. Uh, but you can imagine the wrong person in the wrong time with the you know, wrong amount of messenger RNA vaccine and just the right amount of inflammation and just the right amount of adrenaline and what have you. And, and there is a, a, a presentation now for a stochastic risk of cardiac death. And it's the hardest thing. We can't predict who's going to be the next one. Yeah, it's it's been one of the big stories out of this whole thing, actually, that I see. So uh, this next one's from Robin. What is your best recommendation for RSV? I have taken one COVID-19 vaccine from Moderna and haven't taken any more. I have sinus infections and bronchitis with a deep cough that seems to be hard to get rid of. Can you recommend a protocol? RSV is easily treated with albuterol and budesonide. There is a monoclonal antibody that can be used for acute treatment, let's say in children who get it. But in the clinical studies uh, in adults, there's less than a 1% chance of anybody even encountering RSV or getting RSV. And if one were to get it, if she was to get it, it'd be mild. And again, we would just use albuterol and budesonide. So if it, the action plan would be to have a home nebulizer, they're very affordable, and be ready with albuterol or budesonide or both. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Billy uh, asked, Dr. McCullough, is there a method to pick up these horrible blood clots? Are they forming in everyone who's vaccinated? As far as we can tell, they're not forming in everyone who's vaccinated. There are you know small numbers of people who have micro blood clots that are seen on retinal artery scans. A big uh, paper by Lee and colleagues have shown this. Um, the uh, the very large blood clots that we see in practice, we, we detect them by ultrasound. So we detect them by ultrasound. We use another technology in our office called InBody. You'd probably like this one. InBody measures bioimpedance. So we can actually check the the weight and the, and the tissue content of the arms and the legs. And we actually have learned to look for imbalances between the arm and the, the you know, one arm and another, one leg and another, and then pursue it. Every so, every so often, a blood clot will make an extremity much more heavy. So uh, so we can, uh, you know, pick it up there, but we're largely using ultrasound to diagnose the blood clots. Okay, last one right here, drum roll. So this is from Christoph. Interesting question. There is so much unclarity on whether the COVID-19 virus has been isolated or not. What is your opinion about this? The, the COVID-19 virus, SARS-CoV-2, has been fully isolated it's used in viral cultures and passed from cell to cell. It's been fully genetically sequenced. It's isolated to make the Chinese uh, Sinovac Coronavac vaccine, and it can be seen under light microscopy. So don't be fooled by people who say the virus hasn't been isolated. It's not true. There's not a single credible scientist that says it. It's a real virus, just like influenza is a real virus. I think we should just get on with the big issues and, and not try to fool ourselves uh, by this conversation that the virus doesn't exist. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people suggest that. And of course, I was here at the time and I, I don't uh, accept that theory. I seen what <laughs> was happening. Yeah, no, I seen it firsthand and I seen it pretty live and in color, by the way. So no, I and, and people do say that to me sometimes. And I think to myself, are they out of their minds? What well, do you think Malcolm, we the, the people who say that, they never got sick like you and me indeed. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? And as soon as they get sick with COVID, oh yeah, now I know it's a real virus. Well, okay, good. I guess, but it's kind of lame that they can't figure that out. I mean, the, the world has been pretty uh, messed up with this thing. Anyways, 
that's our story, friends. We're going to stick to it right here on Q&A 97. Uh, get, join us back at AmericaOutloud.news and share the out loud truth. Be safe, be happy, jump in your step. Thank you for joining us here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead.